two of our series, Puzzles About God. Today we're going to be asking the wonderful age-old question of, can God make a rock so big that God himself cannot lift it? Patrick will be uh, heading up this episode, so we're going to take it away. I'm really excited about this, guys, because this is... An age-old question in at least a couple ways. People have been talking about this question uh, since at least medieval times, and people have been talking about this question since we were kids on the playground. Uh, I, I at least have memories of, of people debating this on the playgrounds, which just makes it, uh, to me, a fantastic philosophical question when kids are bringing it up and, and get stumped over it. So... Yeah. So can, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? So can you tell us uh, what exactly in detail is the puzzle here? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it, it seems to present a kind of paradox for analyzing the attribute of omnipotence. Uh, Which is just being all-powerful. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. being all-powerful. Uh, omnipotence is just maximal power. In a, in a way. So, uh, here's the paradox. Uh, suppose, well, it's a yes or no question, right? Suppose that God can make a rock so big that he can't lift it. Well, then there's something that God can't do. He can't lift the stone that he is able to make. Well, okay, so that's bad because om- omnipotence was supposed to be intuitively just being able to do anything, having... You know, being able, yeah, being maximally able. Well, suppose that God can't make a stone so big that God can't lift it. Well, that's bad because then there's something God can't do, namely, that can't make the stone that we were thinking of. Okay, so then either way, there's something God can't do. But omnipotence is intuitively the ability to do anything. So, what gives? It seems like in it seems like maybe omnipotence is incoherent. Like there's no way to understand it such that uh, you can get past this playground question. Hmm. So if how should we think about what omnipotence is? Like what, what would it mean to say that... Do, when we say that God is all-powerful, are we saying that God can do anything? Is that actually what we're saying? Good. Yeah, good question. So that is how some people have thought about omnipotence in the past. I guess Descartes... Uh, is a historical example of someone who said, yeah, omnipotence is literally the ability to just do anything. And uh, that is not a popular view, though, on the whole. Most people have have said, "Uh, Descartes, sorry, it's going a bit too far. Um, For one thing, that seems to fall prey to the rock paradox, as we just kind of looked at. But for another thing, it seems to allow God to do things that we think are uh, logically impossible. So here are a couple of examples of what would be like a logical impossibility. It would allow God to make a square circle. So uh, I'm trying to imagine in your head right now what like a square circle would look like. And you can't. It's inconceivable. Why is it inconceivable? Because it's logically impossible. It's a, it's a shape that could not exist. And it, it would allow God to make 2 plus 2 equal 5. That's a logical impossibility. 
It would allow God to make something, to make an object out of wood that is not made out of wood. Uh, so, yeah, it would give God the power to do things that, uh, that are, yeah, against the laws of logic. Mm-hmm. So, Some people um, are bothered by this idea when they first hear it. I think sometimes mm-hmm. there's a sense like, well, it's impious to say yeah. even of like logically outrageous things that God can't do them. And I think that maybe one way to try to alleviate the sense of impiety is to think about... Um, so there are some people who have uh, proposed that, well, um, ultimately God is is the explanation why those things are impossible. Uh, so, for example, it might be the case, some people think that all of these necessary truths of logic and math and so forth are, are like grounded in God's nature. And so it's just because of the way that God is that none of those logical truths... Uh, could be violated. It's not like God is, has, there's something outside of God that's limiting God. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually a feature of God that explains why uh, these things can't happen. Yeah, and certainly there are different views about the relationship between God and, and logical or mathematical truths. That's, I think, a nice uh, view to offer somebody who mm-hmm. is bothered by the idea that God couldn't do the logically impossible that... Uh, mm-hmm that logic, the, the laws of logic and, and mathematics and things like that are grounded in God's nature mm-hmm. would be an explanation that would, that, that would still allow those things to depend on who God is rather than to, to, to have them sort of ruling over God in some way that seems offensive. Right. And another, another way, maybe somewhat similar way of trying to alleviate the worry that it's like impious to think that God couldn't make a square circle is um, there's at least uh, one view that says actually God does have the power to do those things. But the reason that they're still absolutely impossible, they certainly seem to be, is because um, God values like the logical and mathematical and so forth structure of the world so much that God just would never exercise those powers in any possible situation. Um, so that's another way. I, 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 these are just ideas that some people have played with and that I think are worth thinking that's about. That's interesting. So it, it makes God out to be a sort of, uh, of logic lover just in the same way that he's a lover of the good or something like that? Yeah, something like that. He, he could... And a math lover. <laughs> he, he could commit moral and logical atrocities, but he just does not desire to. Right, yeah. Something like that okay. is, is the idea. Yeah, I mean, another thing you can just say is like the thing that I... Well, it's just that making a square circle is not a thing to be done. It's... Yeah. It's I mean, that's just, a conceptual problem. In that to be a square is to not be a circle. Yeah. To make a square a circle would just make it be neither of those things. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I think that kind of thing is what most people have in mind when they're saying, okay, logical impossibility, that's not uh, that's not a limit on omnipotence to say that you can't do what's logically impossible because those are just not things to, to be done in in general, for anyone, mm-hmm. period. I think that was the approach that C.S. Lewis, for example, advocates. Uh-huh. Is like, look, these are grammatical strings of words when you say God can make a square circle. But that doesn't mean there's actually a, a, a task there that God yeah. either can or can't perform. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's uh, 
a lot of discussion about one view on offer, that to be omnipotent is to be able to do anything that's logically possible. So what about that suggestion then? Can we say that omnipotence is the ability to do any logically possible action? Well, um, that would rule out squaring the circle or making a table entirely out of wood that's not made out of wood, things like that. But that view doesn't obviously escape the stone paradox. So for example, Austin might be able to make a stone so big that he can't lift it. So uh, say we give him a nice uh, stone making machine or say that uh, say that concrete can count as a stone and we give him, you know, some bags of concrete and stuff to mix and whatnot, and he could make a stone big enough that he can't lift it without too much trouble. So there's nothing logically impossible about making a stone so big that one can't lift it. That's something that a lot of humans are able to do. So it, it's, not, it's not a logical impossibility for us, of course, to make a stone so big that we can't lift it. We could do that very easily. Yeah, right. But if God is not limited by what God can lift, certainly you'd think that God is strong enough to lift anything. Yeah. God is also not limited in what God can create. So God could create something of massive amounts of massive size, takes up space, whatever, mass. So could it be logically impossible then for God to be able to create something that is too big for God to lift when God should be able to lift anything and should be able to make anything at the same time? Good, yeah. So I think you're getting at uh, just the right kind of thing that somebody who has this strategy in mind, namely the the omnipotence is doing anything logically possible strategy, what they should say about the stone paradox. So we don't just think that God is omnipotent. We think God is necessarily omnipotent. Or at least that's a common uh, kind of thought to have, that God is omnipotent and God could not fail to be omnipotent. Uh, this kind of goes back to the idea, the, to the perfect being conception of God that we talked about in episode one. If God is perfect, then you don't just think that God happens to be all-powerful. You want to probably think that God couldn't fail to be all-powerful. Okay, so if you, ha if you take that idea on board, that God is essentially or necessarily omnipotent, then that means God has to be omnipotent. But if God has to be omnipotent, then it would be an impossible situation for God to be non-omnipotent. But look, if, if God made a stone so big that God couldn't lift it, that would be a situation where God failed to be omnipotent. And so that would be a situation where God made an essentially omnipotent being fail to be omnipotent. Uh, so that would be an impossible situation. And if, if being omnipotent is being able to bring about all possible situations, then that's not a situation that God can bring about. It's not a problem that God can't it's not bring a, about. It's not a yeah. problem that God can't bring it about because it's not a possible situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about that kind of solution? I think 
maybe one important thought here is that suppose you reject the view that God is essentially omnipotent. Suppose you think, no, no, God is all-powerful, but it, it's also the case that God could, could give up being all-powerful if God wanted to. Then there's a, an alternative way to solve the stone puzzle, and that is just to say, well, if God could give up being omnipotent, then God could make a really big stone and then give up the power to lift that stone. And that would be a way for God to make a stone that God can't lift. So if, you don't, if you're not that convinced about the idea of essential omnipotence, then that's another way to get out of it is to say, well, I guess God could make a stone, really, a really, really big stone, give up some of his power, and then he wouldn't be able to lift it. Yeah. And that's, that makes it possible. Be another way out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to the the essential omnipotence strategy, there seems to me to be something, like, this is just my feeling, that there's something cheaterish about it. That it's like protecting God's omnipotence by actually limiting what God is able to, to do or, or bring about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have a, like, great way of, of like... Uh, a great accusation to bring against the strat- uh, that strategy or that view of omnipotence, but just something seems wrong about uh, preserving a, uh, an analysis or a definition of omnipotence by limiting God's power. That that seems kind of backwards. Because then it's not all powerful. All right. So are there other ways of thinking about omnipotence? Yeah, there are. Uh, so I'm going to talk about a couple other general strategies that people have taken. Uh, and this is not, these are not exhausting all the options, but it's going to give us a good kind of overview. Uh, so here's one. One general strategy is to think about the distinction between what I'm going to call contingent versus necessary situations. And philosophers or theologians often talk about states of affairs. I'm just going to talk about situations because I think that's a more natural terminology. So a necessary situation is a, is a situation that could not fail to obtain or to come about. So think about the situation that 2 plus 2 equals 4, or that a circle is round. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird even to talk about those as situations, because we think of situations more uh, naturally more as involving like random everyday events rather than things that are always true. Uh, but those are the kinds of things we have in mind when we talk about necessary situations. They're just always going to be uh, obtaining. A contingent situation is one that could either obtain or fail to obtain. Like, maybe I'll go to a coffee shop tomorrow morning. Maybe I won't. Uh, Maybe I'll mow the lawn tomorrow. Maybe I won't. You might think we could analyze omnipotence in terms of contingent situations like this. An omnipotent being is one who could bring about any contingent situation. So maybe it'll rain tomorrow, maybe it won't. If I were omnipotent, I could choose which. I could make it the case that it rains tomorrow. I could make it the case that it doesn't rain tomorrow. Yeah, are there contingent situations that God couldn't bring about or that an omnipotent being wouldn't bring about? Yeah, so there are, yeah, there are a, at least a couple categories of contingent situations that people have brought up as like, uh, 
even an omnipotent being could not bring these kinds of situations about. Uh, so here are a couple examples. Past situations. So it's here, here's an example. It's a fact of the past right now that, uh, that the United States won the Revolutionary War. So uh, a lot of theorists who think about this would say that even an omnipotent being could not bring it about right now that Britain won the Revolutionary War. They call it the Great Rebellion. So oh, yeah, great. They would have put down the Great Rebellion. Yeah, they put down the Great Rebellion. Uh, and, you know, this has to do with, like, the nature of the past. The past is supposed to be fixed, and this is uh, necessarily the case, that once an event occurs and it's in the past, that it's, you can't change it's it. set. You can't change it. Um, and even f for an omnipotent being, that's the case. Now, that, there's been disagreement about this. I think Thomas Aquinas, for one, thought an omnipotent being could change the past. Mm -hmm. um, and also, even there are some contemporary authors who have defended that view as well. Right. Um, but that's an example that some people have given a, of a kind of contingent situation, because uh, right, it could have gone either way. Uh, who won the Revolutionary War or the, the Great Rebellion. But once it's been set, a lot of people think, even though it's contingent that America won, uh, an omnipotent being could not make it the case now that Great Britain won. Okay, the other kind of, uh, of example of uh, events or situations that people say an omnipotent being could not bring about are freely chosen actions. So here's an example. I, I already said I might go to the coffee shop tomorrow. And so say that of our actions, a lot of them are freely chosen. Let's entertain that, uh, that possibility for right now. So say I freely cho choose to go to the co I might freely choose to go to the coffee shop tomorrow. Well, an omnipotent being could make me go to the coffee shop tomorrow. That's something an omnipotent being could do. But could an omnipotent being make me freely choose to go to the coffee shop tomorrow? It seems like no, because if if the omnipotent being is forcing me to go to the coffee shop tomorrow, it's it's supervening or taking over my ability to freely choose. It's taking over my will. And so uh, the omnipotent being can make me do whatever that being wants, but they can't make me freely choose anything because once they're making me do something, freedom has gone out the out the door. Okay, so those are a couple kinds of contingent actions that even an omnipotent being, it seems, might not be able to bring about. And I think there might be other kinds of worries there, and because of those sorts of worries... This sort of strategy of an omnipotent being can bring about any contingent action. It begins to look more and more complicated to refine that strategy as, as you start to bring up the counterexamples. There are too many contingent scenarios we don't think an omnipotent being could bring about. Yeah. It, it, yeah. At least there's a lot of debate about where the line is to be drawn there. What other ways might we think about omnipotence? Yeah, so I'll mention one last strategy, uh, and this uses the notion of a power. 
which you know it's, it sounds kind of fun and comic booky, but <laughs> think about it this way: whenever some person or object is able to cause some change in the world, it's natural to think that that person or object is only able to cause that change because it has some feature that grants it the power, or maybe the future just is the power to cause that change. So focus on the power that the person has. We could make a list of all the powers that all the objects and people on Earth have. And then we could like add to the list by thinking about just merely possible powers that nothing we've ever seen might have. You know, powers that Superman has and powers that some like aliens out of X-Files have and uh, just powers that we can just only imagine. Well, a natural thought is that an omnipotent being is one that has all possible powers. So take the list that we made, the powers, the, the list of all the actual powers that things in existence have. And then all the, the powers that we added to the list of just things that we were thinking up and imagining. And then you would have to add to the list all the things that we couldn't even imagine, but that are still, in fact, possible powers. And that's what an omnipotent being has. It has all the powers on the list. So God uh, has all five stones plus... Yeah, all five infinity seven. stones. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, things, things have gotten maxed out. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's the that's this last view. It's a simple kind of analysis in terms of just thinking about power and, and an omnipotent being, surprise, potence, uh, is just one who has all the powers. So how um, can we use this, this idea about how to think about omnipotence in terms of powers to solve the stone paradox? Yeah, good question. And I think the answer is yes. Uh, so let's look at the question. Can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? And, uh, it seems like at first glance, if God has all the powers, then that means God has to have the power to make a stone so big that he can't lift it. And so then the answer must be yes. It's, it's clear that some of us can make stones we can't lift. So you yeah. might think, well, there's got to be such a power. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we already said that Austin can do this. That's uh, true. So Austin has the power. Therefore, <laughs> God must have that power if God is omnipotent. Uh, not so fast, though. Uh, this kind of way of thinking about powers actually is going to over-proliferate how many powers there are or what kinds of powers there are. It's going to... It's gonna, cause there to be too many powers in our theory. So the fact that Austin can make a stone so big that Austin can't lift it actually is not, to, that doesn't get us automatically to the conclusion that there is a power to make a stone so big that one can't lift it. What we should probably think there is that Austin has some more simple powers, some powers that allow him to make a stone, and then actually a lack of power, a lack of the power to lift the stone that he made. And so God doesn't have any lack of powers though, right? God has all the powers. So when you're thinking about this question, you can kind of think like about specific candidate stones that God could make. What size uh, stone? Okay, a hundred pound stone. 
God could, could God make that? Yes, he has all the power, so he could make that. Could, could God lift it? Yes, he has all the power, so he could lift it. Okay, could he make a 200-pound stone? Yes. Could he lift it? Yes. And we could keep going uh, uh, forever, right? So could God make a rock so big that God could not lift it? No. Uh, is that a, in any way an infringement on God's omnipotence? No, because God has all the powers. And it's <laughs> that very reason, for that very reason, that he can't make a rock so big that he can't lift it. And likewise, it's precisely because we don't have all the powers yeah. that we can make rocks that we can't lift. Exactly. <laughs> it's because we're lacking some power that we get to a point where we can't pick up the rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so that's the final strategy that I think is worth uh, considering is, is this power strategy. And I think it's uh, very intuitive and... Uh, uh, good solution to the stone puzzle thank you for solving our the lifelong question that we've all been asking yeah i know you were thinking about it it's been bugging you huh yeah